What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys listened to episode 547. Uh, took a week off, guys, because of, oh, my God, an insane, insane week of press uh, out there in Los Angeles. I want to thank all of the people and all of the shows that I did out there. George Lopez, uh, Bill Burr, Tim Dillon. Um, Strider Wilson, Justine Marino, Andrew Santino, the fighter and the kid guys, um, Rich Eisen morning show. Um, what else? What else did I do? I did, uh, oh, Danish and O'Neill, another great podcast on all things comedy. What else did I do? I did between TV. Oh, Heidi and Frank in the morning in LA, uh, between live television, live in studio radio and podcasts. I did like 10 shows in four days. Uh, I ran a bunch of new material. I did like an hour and change hour and 12 minutes to be exact at the California comedy club in silver Lake. I want to thank everybody who came out to that. Uh, it's been nuts guys. I'm back in New York. I'm trying to recharge my battery. Got a couple more things. And then I'm off to vacation off the fucking grid. And I cannot wait. I got a podcast tomorrow. What else? Doing a couple shows at the stand on Thursday night, and I'm gone. That's it. Down to the shore, down to the beach. And uh, I cannot wait to uh, go to the beach. And um, I'm not going to tell you what shore, but I am going to be off the grid. All right? And I cannot fucking wait to do that. Uh, it's been an amazing run, an amazing ride. I want to thank everybody, man, who supported me this summer from the special Nocturnal Admissions, which is crushing on Netflix right now. It's doing fantastic. It was trending globally. All you people that watched it, if you didn't give it a watch, man, tell a friend. It's doing really fantastic. I'm truly blessed and grateful, and I mean that. Um, the people that listen to me on Rogan and all these podcasts and all the people that have me on their shows – I truly, truly thank you. Um, it's been a wild ride. I'm not going to lie. It's been a wild ride. Uh, California is just, you know, shit, man. You get out there and it was just 40 minutes. Get out of the car. Do it. Get in the car. Another 40 minutes. Well, that's all California is, is just scaring you on how long it takes to get somewhere. Where do you got to go? Where you got Oh, no. What time are you leaving? You got to get in the car now. You listen, you could be sitting in the car for three hours. You make sure you give yourself time. It's a minimum. And all they do, they always, all that you can tell who's negative out of your friends that live in California because they'll, they'll always exaggerate how long it's going to take. You know, I'm a positive guy. So I lie about distance, right? We all lie about distance a little bit. I feel like you're going to lie about distance, right? I'll be like, what? How long? No, nah, no, nah, they say an hour, dude. You do it in 55. I'm a positive person. Negative people, dude, hour and a half minimum. And if you catch it worse, you could be in a car three hours. Those people, negative, 100% negative. Um, but it was a lot of running around. And it was cool to be that busy, but it was also bizarre. Because I'm running around, literally did a show, was on stage for an hour and 12 minutes, thanked the people who came out, ran to the airport, and hopped on a 1 a.m. JetBlue flight back to New York. Um, luckily, luckily God was on my side and there was nobody in my aisle. I mean, in my, in my row, but, uh, and I was, you know, I wasn't in first class. I was in business class cause I'm a dick and I booked it late. And, um, I tried laying in a fetal position across all three and it is really uncomfortable when the seatbelt is digging into your hip and it sucks and it hurts. And that's exactly what was happening. Um, and it's the middle of the night and I got to tell you something. I don't know if anybody listening to this has been on a red eye flight, but when you take a red eye, it's very strange when you get up to either stretch your legs or go to the bathroom or JetBlue has that little, that little cabinet where you could go and get snacks or a drink or a soda or something. And when you get up on a red eye, I tweeted this and it was bizarre it's like you're in a psychological thriller movie and everybody on the plane's been murdered because everybody is just like laying their mouth open. 
the face mask tilted to the side. They all look like they were shot in the back of the neck or the head. And, you know, uh, somebody said it's, you know, it's even worse when there's turbulence and they're just laying there like, <laughs> like with their heads bobbing. It was kind of bizarre, but um, felt good to be home. I was completely fried, told my wife, do not bug me. And I got to give her credit. She did not. So shout out to uh, Stacy on there, but had a great time. Dude, Tim Dillon took me. I did Tim Dillon's show. It was so great. And I got to be honest, my Irish friends know Italian food and know good places. Dude, Tim Dillon took me to a couple of places that were incredible. And I want to shout out Dom's Foods. Um, the It's called The Cheese Store of Beverly Hills. Okay? It's called The Cheese Store of Beverly Hills. Uh, my buddy Dom, is he's the guy. They get all the best cheeses and meats from Italy. It blew my mind. It was absolutely insanity. And uh, I just was, I'm not going to lie. It was the first time I was in Los Angeles and I ate some of the best food I've ever had. Some of the best meals I've ever had. Some of the best cheeses. I had duck. I had pasta with fucking rabbit meat. There was like rabbit meat fucking bolognese and it was absolutely like it was good so listen still have not had a good slice of pizza in los angeles but the idea that los angeles does not have good food is crazy okay yes i'll take a new york deli over a los angeles deli but you go to fine dining in new york city you could find ones in la right there same thing amazing food um, Tim Dillon was just like, yeah, I got it. Just my favorite thing was he was just like, yeah, I'm let me order for the table. You mind? Yeah. And anytime that's the thing. Anytime you go to a restaurant with somebody and they go, Hey, you mind if I just let them do it? Don't be like, well, no, wait, I want let them do it. They're a pro. They've been there. They know the menu. They know the people that work there. They've talked to the people. They know the best things there. Let the process start. Let it happen. Get a glass of wine. Enjoy yourself. That's what you do. You don't you don't get into that. Well, I know you know, but can you think I got, you know, I like certain things and they're just like, nah, it's not how this works. Let them do it. You got to let them do it. Um, also, I want to thank my uh, last guest, Daniel Sloss, who was on the show. Uh, people seem to love that episode. Good dude. Check him out. Oh, and speaking of international people and international things, thanking everybody who is buying tickets to see me in the UK at 21 Soho, October 7th. That's going to sell out. What I'd like to do is have that sell out and add another show. So guys, keep buying those tickets. Also, Soul Joel's Comedy Dome, September 17th. Okay, Pottstown, PA. I think it's Pottstown. I've been fucking it up saying Pottsville. Soul Joel's Comedy Dome. Check it out. Pottstown, PA, September 17th. And if you are in the Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia area, on the 19th, I'll be at the D.C. Improv. One show only. Washington, D.C. The next night, the 20th, the Philadelphia Punchline. So you can get all of those tickets at paulverzi.com right now. And thank you for the people that are, are coming to the U.K. I'm going to go see my New York football giants play the Packers. Uh, that's Sunday. And uh, who knows? I may stay in Europe for a while. You European people are fucking the shit. And it's great food. And I haven't been there in a while. Coming out, Going out there with my family. So we're going to do that. And we're going to have a good time. And, um, you know, we're going to be judgmental on other countries and their food. And then I'll come back and talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, You can't be judgmental about food in Europe when they come here and they see like Applebee's and shit and chilies and TGI Fridays and all the garbage that we are serving. Um, I have to talk about something. Okay. I have to talk about something that I, that I just watched and guys, I'm going to go big on this. And somebody said, Paul, you literally made fun of people like this in your special and now you're doing it. And I am, you know, the way I said in my special, if you watched it, I go, this might be the best show I've ever seen. This might be the best show I've ever seen. Well, you know something? I just watched a show and it might be the best show I have ever seen. Okay. It is called 
the offer. I want to thank one of my listeners wrote me. So excuse me, a bunch of messages came in um, after this. So I'm sorry. And I can't remember your name, but I want to thank you. And the person listening to this knows who they are, who said, Paul, you should check out the offer. Now, um, anyway, the, of course I'm getting important emails while I'm doing the pod. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I, I'm back after a week. I want to give you guys a show and, 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 and do a podcast and, and do a, 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 a TV. I'll even talk about sneakers that I bought. Cause I had a little sneaker fiasco in California. I'm going to talk about that as well. I'm going to review this show. Okay. And I'm getting this. I'm getting like literally texts about money and and shit. And I'm just like, yeah. So anyway, how much do the fuck? All right. So listen. Okay. The show is called the offer. I want to thank the person who uh, said you would love the offer because you were a hundred percent right. Now, if you don't know, it is on Paramount Plus, and the offer is about, um, basically the the making of the Godfather. Uh, it's not a documentary. It's a regular scripted show, but it shows how the head of Paramount had issues with certain things, how the director, Francis Ford Coppola, he had certain things that he wanted done and actors that he wanted. Then um, Miles Teller, who I'm becoming a big fan of, man, he played Goose's son in Maverick and, you know, he's been in a bunch of things, but Miles Teller, man, this dude crushes it as Al Ruddy, who Al Ruddy was the producer of his first thing was Hogan's Heroes. He left a corporate job. By the way, this might be some spoiler alert, but not really. I'm going to just tell you some things, some things you might learn in the show, some things you might not. So if you want to fast forward, you could fast forward. But I'm going to break down why The Offer is one of the greatest television or or, or uh, TV series or series I've ever seen. Okay? It, it really is fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me on many, many levels. Now, Al Ruddy was, um, and if I keep itching here, it's not because I'm doing coke. It's because my mustache and hair on my face is getting really long and it's starting to like hit things. So it means that I, basically it means that I need to shave. So Al Ruddy played by Miles Teller was a corporate guy and he worked at this, you know, corporation, but he wanted to do things in Hollywood and he had a friend and all of his friends, he had friends in Hollywood or friends trying to make movies and do things and act. So he goes into a pitch meeting and he pitches a show called Hogan's Heroes and it ends up being a, a hit sitcom. And then he ends up becoming the producer at Paramount. He gets a job at Paramount and he becomes the producer. He wants to make movies and he becomes a producer of The Godfather, which was written by Mario Puzo. The movie shows that Mario Puzo was trying, not making money. He was trying to get a hit and he finally wrote The Godfather and it was a huge hit. But this show shows that the mob did not want the Godfather made. The mob was causing problems. The mob's like, you're not going to make this. It's a, it's a disgrace to the, you know, Italian American people. It shows that we're criminals and that we're animals and we're not. And they didn't want it to be done. Frank Sinatra didn't want it to be done because there's a character that portrays, you know, that he's, that portrays him, he thinks, and all this stuff. And Al Ruddy was like, had to meet with the Colombo crime family at the time and say like, he had to meet with them going like, um, listen, we're going to, this is about family. It's not about mob. He like was like really like letting them read the script and be a part of it. So then they okay it. But so many things went wrong or was a fight to get done. They didn't want Pacino to play Michael Francis Ford Coppola wanted him. Um, just the whole thing was, is really fascinating. And being in show business myself and seeing how, Especially like when you, you know, when you have a team, which is a manager and an agent and they contact places, right? You know, you don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen with my special. You know, I knew that places were interested, but like all I can do is once I do the work, I just answer the phone and I find out, you know, we had ideas, we had things, but like you just find out, oh, this producer liked you. This producer doesn't. You know, we had some places that would see one joke and because of the woke times be like, ah, we don't know. That happens. You know, you could have a great special out there and one executive sees it and they're like, yeah, he's a funny guy, but I think that could maybe show our company in a weird way. Nah. And all of a sudden 
you know, it doesn't get seen. It's just crazy like that. And with a movie like The Godfather, which is the biggest cinematic, one of the biggest masterpieces in history, you really see the obstacles that this guy had to go through. The mob over here, like one producer over here, this one guy, like they didn't want to make it. And they, you know, it was just like so many problems would come up and and there wasn't enough money. They they wanted to shoot in Sicily and there wasn't money. And Coppola's like, we have to. And he had to fight the the you know, the one guy has to fight with the 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 head of Paramount and the head of Paramount's got to get approval of money from the CEO of Paramount. And one guy doesn't want this actor, but the people making the movie want this actor. So you got to go over one guy's head. And it was just really, really fascinating. And you see so many things you didn't know. So many things that you didn't know. Scenes. The scene of Michael in the restaurant. You find out when and why they shot it when they did. I don't want to give anything away. It was, dude, it is, I just was riveted. Here's how nuts it was, okay? I was home alone in my house, ate dinner around 6 o'clock, 6.30. 7 o'clock, 7.30, I put the first episode on. It's 10 episodes, each episode's an hour. 10 hours. I watched seven straight hours from, so I went to bed, so it was like 8.30, 9.30. Yeah. Eight straight hour, almost a day, like somebody's work day. I just sat on my recliner till 3.30 in the morning and I just watched the first seven and a half of these things. And then the day after I finished the next two and a half episodes. Unbelievable show um, all the way from the making it all the way it ends at the at the Oscars. And it was incredible. It was like I could not get enough of it. It was amazing. Giovanni Rabisi plays Joe Colombo. Um, who else? Who else was in it that uh, I'm trying to think of? Yeah, Miles Teller plays Al Ruddy. All the actors and actresses just crushed it. I'm not going to lie, though. The show is a lot of cigarettes and a lot of booze and a lot of partying and cocaine and private jets and screaming at each other and... Uh, it was, it's a wild, wild ride. Everything you want in a show. Um, there's a little bit of mob violence, but it, it's like in a cool way. Um, he had all this, he was getting threatened. and It, it was just nuts. Like literally threatened on the set. People getting fired. The head of Paramount getting fired. I think they're not going to make it. He's like, you need him to get him back. I mean, absolutely nuts. Do yourself a favor. No, they're not paying me. The offer, the offer on Paramount Plus is one of the best. Takes a little time, just like Yellowstone. Yellowstone, I love. It's one of my favorites. Takes time to develop. You got to give it one or two episodes. By episode two and a half, three, you're fuck, you're in. You are in. And then by the middle, you're like, I'll stay up for three days. They nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. They absolutely did it. You got to check out that show. The next thing I want to check out is Blackbird. But I, I I mean, all these services, I just, I keep signing. I just tell my wife, like, what do we have? Do we have, because I know we have this one. We have that one. We have, you know, Netflix and Prime and Peacock and, and Hulu. And it's like, what are, like, oh, there's another, sir. I mean, I don't even know the services. I'm just getting them all because now all of them have one great show, at least one great show. And, um, and I think that entertainment is in a different place right now. I think we're at a place in entertainment now where you're just seeing so many creative people doing creative things that um, it's amazing, but there's just not enough time, right? There's just not enough time in, in the day. I mean, you could literally just lose your job in life, watch getting into a show. Like you can, I can see people like some shows are so good and so long and you binge watch that. It's like, I'll call out a fucking, if I had a regular job, I'm not even trying to be funny. You're joking around. If I had a regular job and I was watching the offer, I would literally just mentally accept. I'm like, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm going to stay up till four or five o'clock in the morning and finish this. That's how good it is. And I'll call out, you know, and that's probably why I'm a comedian and I've, missed jobs and, and lost jobs because of hangovers. I've been so hung over that I literally just kept drinking going, yeah, well, I'm not going to that job ever again because I can't show up because I'll throw up. So um, 
yeah, it's one of those shows. I think it was absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely incredible. So check it out, The Offer. And if you didn't like The Godfather, I, I just, you can't be helped. And by the way, if you're one of these people, and I'm sure there's a couple going, yeah, I never watched The Godfather. I never got into it. Or, you know, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, it at this point, it's like, put on The Godfather. And, uh, you know, it's funny as we went out to eat. And I was like, if I could only watch two movies the rest of my life, it'd be Godfather 1 and 2. And Tim Dillon goes, yeah, a lot of people. That's a lot. <laughs> and it's so true, though. Like, that, like... If somebody said you had six hours to watch, if, if you could only watch two movies, think about that. If you could only watch two movies the rest of your life, I would rather them be like a saga with a bunch of shit going on than just be like fast paced action because there's only so much of that you could take where with this, with the Godfather, it's like family and characters and all these things happening where you might, I mean, yeah, you could miss stuff in other fast action stuff, but like with something like this, you could like really watch the actors changing and transforming. And also the transformation of Michael Corleone in The Godfather is one of the most remarkable things ever. It really is. Um, and it's cinematic history. So there you go. There is my, there is my review. Now I will tell you guys. Uh, by the way, you're listening to episode uh, 547. Speaking of which, I'll get into the sneaker thing in a second. But next week, I will be on vacation. And I am not going to take all of my equipment on vacation. So what I might do is I might just take my phone and do little like updates. Or I might not. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to talk to uh, my producer extraordinaire, Andrew Themlis. The Greek freak, a.k.a. the Beverly Hills kid. I will talk to him and we will figure this out. Uh, I wish I didn't miss last week because I was doing so much press in L.A. because I was going to miss the the vacation week. But what are you guys going to do? It's the summer and I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, by the way, I got to talk about the Rich Eisen show. Shout out to Rich Eisen of the NFL Network. One of the best fucking guys ever you know you talk about show business sometimes like we were doing with the offer and like i said when you watch that you're going to really get a really better understanding of how things getting made works that's the other thing if you're interested in like how show business works or how a show gets picked up or what happens when you watch when you watch it the offer you're going to be like oh my god that makes things so much It'll change how you think about show business forever, I think, because it did even with me. I'm like, wow, like that. That's crazy. I mean, it's definitely a different time now, but you can see. And there are people. And I'm serious about this. There are people that you meet in show business. And that you've heard of that you've known forever. And you've watched, you grew up watching. And then all of a sudden you meet them. And they're like a peer or they're somebody that you're working with. And it's kind of crazy. It is. I'd be lying if I said like, you know, I'm sitting down and I had like an amazing, amazing time with George Lopez. And like I grew up watching George Lopez. He had shows. He had sitcoms. He's a funny comic. And then I'm on his podcast and he goes, this is I've never laughed this hard on my podcast. He's wiping his eyes crying, saying this is a benchmark episode. And I'm sitting there just like it's amazing. And then you're listening to stories He's telling these amazing stories about Joe Pesci and Jack, you know, Nicholson getting into it on a golf course. or so. It's like all this crazy, amazing things that happen, right? Um, Rich Eisen, when I did his show, he was old school cool. And I don't even know how else to say. There was something about that man. I shook his hand looked you in the face and I was like, man, this is a, this is a real, this is like the real deal shit right here. And, and there's a lot of people that, you know, I like to only surround myself with people like that, but when you do a new show for the first time, you don't know, but his whole, his whole thing, his producer, his show, everybody for the whole experience from when I got out of the car in the parking lot to, to sitting on the couch next to him and talking sports and talking all these things, comedy, everything to, you know, telling funny stories 
I got to be honest, man, that guy was something else. And, 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 you know, I was like, man, this is a, this is another dude in a, in a, in a great, great way. Just, just gentlemen, the best. So check out support the rich Eisen show. Cause I can tell you right now, that's a real one, man. That's a real one. And his whole crew too, man, the best. So, so shout out to, uh, to those guys and, and uh, the rich Eisen show and, and, and I don't know, starting the, and, you know, NFL network, you know, it's just, it's insane. Um, but so I'll tell you guys a, a funny story. Now you guys know me, I'm a sneaker guy. Uh, I've told stories about the, the sneakers on the show. We've, we've done sneaker reviews on the show. So I get to LA and I'm going to be there for four days. Like I said, doing all these podcasts and everything, but one of them is like TV. A couple of them are TV, a couple of them are in studio and, and all of them now are on camera. So you see, you see people now, right? You see me now sitting here. And, um, I am like, man, I got to get some gear out here. I got to get some new, I got to get some new threads. So I was like, let me, let me go out. And I was like, where could I go shopping? I want to get new Nike, uh, air force ones, some sneakers. Let's just see. Mind you, I didn't pack enough. Uh, I mean, I didn't bring enough stuff to, to put stuff in. Like I pack very, I pack for the days I need to be there. That's it. I don't like extra. I mean, my wife, we go away for a weekend. My wife packs like we're going to, you know, France for, you know, you know, 90 days. Like my wife packs like we're going to be stuck in France for 90 days when we're going to go for a weekend. Right. I'm not, I'm different. I put two pairs of sneakers, backpack. Sometimes I don't take my laptop shit. And I, I fill up a bag. That's it. Point is no check-in bags at all. No check-in bags. Carry-on only. That's how I roll. Carry, literally, no pun intended. I roll my bag to my fucking airplane and that's it. No, uh, you know, baggage claim. No going down there. I just, I get my shit. I put it on the plane. I grab it and I walk off the airplane. That's it. So I do that and I'm hanging out and I'm staying, I'm staying in Beverly Hills and I'm going, I got to go shopping. So I look where to go and I end up at this mall. And dude, I got to tell you the sneakers in Los Angeles blew me away. I walk in one place. I see these Air Force Ones I want. I buy them. Then I see another store. I almost am like, oh man, I got to. So then I'm like, man, all right. I got this. I go to Macy's down out there, buy some clothes, buy some jeans, buy some shirts, all the shit. I got a pair of Air Force Ones that match pretty much everything I could go home. And then all of a sudden I go into a place and I just see these Jordan 3s new Jordan threes. And they go, Oh yeah, man, those just came out. Those just came out Saturday. So they're like three days old. And I'm like, Oh, those are cool, man. Really nice fall colors, you know, Brown and everything, uh, Brown, black, orange, a little bit of beige look beautiful. And I was just like, do you have these in like a 10 or a 10 and a half? Of course they did, you know, a little expensive. I'm like, yeah, just get them. So now I I'm in LA for the first day. And I got a box of Air Force Ones, a box of Jordan 3s, okay, jeans, all this stuff. I mean, I'm there a couple hours, and my wife just sees the credit card getting hit, getting hit. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Oh, why, Paul? Your wife, is she's on top of all that stuff? She absolutely is. Do you want to know why my wife is on top of that stuff? Because if she wasn't on top of that stuff, I'd have eight fucking boxes. I would not be able to. I wasn't. I almost I wouldn't be able to fly them home. I almost wasn't able to fly these home. I had to shove the Jordan. I had to throw literally when I dropped the rent a car off and I'm on a shuttle going back to the airport. I had to take a nice box. These Jordan threes came in a really, really nice box. I had to throw the box out put the receipt in my bag, take the Jordans out, stuffed in nice, make sure, you know, they're brand new, make sure nothing happens, get them in the book bag, barely zip the book bag, the Air Force Ones, I had to sneak other, I had to make other sneakers fit in my bigger carry-on, wearing the new Air Force Ones. I mean, I barely, I barely got it done, but here's the thing. If you are, I'm not bad with money, but I'm not frugal. Does that make sense? I'm not bad with money. I'm just, I'm a spender. Do you know what I mean? I'm bad with money. I guess I'm bad with money. Not terrible, definitely not great. 
my wife, she looks out for us. My wife is like, Paul, like, what do you like? Here's the deal. My wife won't hear this. My wife won't hear this. And if she does hear it, I'll just, I'll, I'll tell her. I mean, I don't know what to tell her. But if I'm in a place and they want to close, I'll be like, get the owner, get somebody. And I'll be like, hey, man, I'm, I want to finish my cigar, finish my drink. Here's a couple hundred, just, you know, whatever is it, you know, here's a couple hundred, just fucking keep the door open for another. I'm going to finish. I'm sitting down. I'll do that. My wife, no, my wife is like, no, we're going to get up and leave because that's what the hours on the door say. And like a normal fucking person, we're not going to try to change a business's hours by just throwing the money. I do. I do. I'm like, what's it going to cost? A couple fuck. Just give the guy a couple scenes. Tell him to shut the fuck. I'll buy him a drink. Tell him this. He looks fucking, he looks stressed out. Tell him to sit down and have a drink. Okay. I want to sit down and enjoy myself. So if I'm walking in a mall, there was a pair of dunks I almost bought at one of those, like, you know, those like exotic sneaker stores. I'm looking for these uh, white and burgundy dunks and, and whoever's got my size, I'm buying them like $350. I'm getting them. If they had them, I would have got that. So the nice thing about my wife looking at like the activity. Now, listen, have we got into fights? Yes. Paul, what are you doing? Listen, you know, then, then, you know, if I'm tired, I'm like, listen, don't, don't tell me. Not that I say, don't tell me what to do, but I'll be like, look, I just had a thing. Just then she's like, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. So, and, and she's right often she's right. You know, but if I walk in a mall and there's, five amazing pairs of sneakers that I've had my eye on for months. And now I can get all five of them. I'm going to probably get all five of them. Should I? No, I should get one or two of them. Enjoy those and then go back and get the other one. That's what I should do. I'm not, I don't, I see it. I got to, you know, let's just go get it. And we have it and we put it in and then we get outfits to match and, and whatever. So that's, and you guys know that you've been listening to this podcast long enough. You know that that's what you're dealing with. Um, but I went so spend crazy the first couple hours that I think Citibank, Citibank, uh, my bank just shut shit down. They were like, yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Cause they see me in another state going off. So they think somebody stole it. I had fraud. I don't know if anybody here has had that happen, but apparently somebody in Connecticut got information from me and they were buying things $60 at a time, $20 at a time, all like, like fashion makeup shit they were doing. And um, then my bank hit me up. They stopped my card, which I got annoyed with. And they were right. I go, listen, guys, like I travel, I perform, I go to different states all the time and I buy shit in different states. So, yes, you'll see a purchase in Illinois. Yes, you'll see a purchase in New York the day before. Yes, you'll see a purchase in Arizona. Yes, you'll see a purchase, you know, in, you know, wherever, Los Angeles or, or, or Vegas. I perform and I travel. Please stop shutting it down. And then they go, well, okay, sorry for the inconvenience, but did you buy this makeup thing? Did you buy this? And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, like $270 or $300 of like 60 here, 20 there, 30 there. And they were like, okay, so we're going to hit your card back and give you that money. We're going to do a criminal report. We do that, but we were right this time. And I'm like, okay, fine. Enough said. So as much as it gets annoying and it sucks when you're sitting down eating and they're like, oh, the card got declined. And then you give another card that's attached to the same bank. Oh, that got declined. So you got to go, oh, here's my other, you know, thing or, you know, so it, it is a pain in the ass, but um, look into that. And 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 kind of understand that it's annoying, but your bank is looking out for you. And the best thing they could do is to shut it down and you get a new card. It's a hassle, but it it, it definitely happened to me. But there have also been times where I just went so spend crazy early in another state that Citibank was like, well, we got to just chill out. We got to chill. It's like that famous Shaquille O'Neal story where he spent 70000 in Walmart. And he said that my car, my card got stuck, like they got declined. So he he goes, oh, he did that. <laughs> and they called and they were like, yeah, somebody stole your thing. And it's like, you're spending 70 grand at Walmart. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just going, I just moved to a new place. I'm getting, he just started buying TVs and he just started buying shit. Um, yeah, I will tell you this though. This is, and this is pretty much a hundred percent fact. If I had like $50 million, you would see something you've never seen before. A hundred million dollars, you would see something you'd never see before. That that much I could tell you. You'd see 
some wild, wild, my wife and I would probably have to go to just counseling, not for anything other than just spending. Like she would be like, no, I love my husband. And I'd be like, I love my wife and things are good. And the kids are good and everything, you know, we're, we're happy with, with everything except, you know, he's looking at exotic cats and he's walking around in, in, you know, with, with fur coats and, 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 and he's walking, he wants to buy a draft. That's my husband wanted to buy a baby draft and uh, we have a problem. So we got to figure that, <laughs> we got to figure that out. Um, Hey, enjoy it. I'm, I don't even know what I would do with a draft. That'd be gangster having a draft in the front yard. Um, but that's, uh, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I cannot wait. I mean, I've said this before, so I'm not going to repeat myself. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people that go to lakes and I've talked about it, but again, so I'm not going to sound repetitive on the show. But you have two types of people. You have lake people and you have ocean people. Some can intertwine. You can go to the lake one weekend, you go to the ocean another week. I get that. But let's be honest here. It's not close. Uh, there's something gross about swimming. I don't care what anybody says, man. And you could disagree with this. You could say there's something gross about swimming in a lake. Now I know what you're thinking. You go in, everybody pisses in the ocean. All right. It's the ocean, though. The ocean is just a big... The ocean is just Mother Nature going like, your piss don't matter. Your piss does not matter. You could, I, you could have 40 people shitting in the ocean, one big wave, gone. Doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It's the ocean. It is the most powerful force it's the ocean. It's amazing. Salt water. How amazing is the ocean? You could have a cut, a bad cut on your arm. You go in the ocean and between the ocean and the sun, it just starts healing like you're a little kid again. All right. You go into the fucking, you go into the lake. My God. You fucking come out with a fucking fungus. Yeah. <laughs> it's No, I'm not. And I know there's some places that are beautiful. There's some lakes that are beautiful, boats on big lakes. I get that. Not for me. And stop calling. I don't like when people go, yeah, no, the beach. It's a lake, but it has a beach. It's it's a lake. It's a lake. It's got a little spot for people to put their feet in the lake. It's not a beach. Stop it. And I know there's going to be literal people. The actual the definition of a beach is this. When I think of beach, I think of lake. I mean, I think of I think of not a lake. I think of ocean. When I think of beach, I think of sand. I think of that. I, when I think of beach, I don't think of a lake. I just, I'm sorry. There's going to be some dispute. I know there's probably somebody listening to this at their lake house. And hey, I love the lake house. I'll come to a lake house. I'll hang out at a lake house. I'll enjoy myself. I'll have some pops. I'll sit out. I'll go out in the and I'll have a great time. And I'll even say, oh wow, this is beautiful. But let's not compare the two. Do you know what I mean? Let's not compare the two. You're not going to go to Columbus, Ohio, downtown, and go, oh, man, this is beautiful. This is nice. And then go to fucking New York City or Paris and go like, oh, this is close. It's it's just, it's not. Now, am I saying that a lake is Columbus, Ohio versus a beach being New York City? Probably. I'm probably saying that. <laughs> I, I could very well be saying that. Um, But I hope everybody's enjoying their summer. Being safe, okay? I have a bad taste in my mouth because I jumped in a lake once and I didn't come up for a while and it freaked me the fuck out. I think I said this. I jumped in the lake and I just was doing this to get up and get up. And like, it took me forever. And like, my daughter got scared. I couldn't get up. And I was like, what just happened? So like, I wasn't prepared for it. Um, you know, and the, you know, and you know, when you see boats docked up on a lake next to each other, people are jumping in there, pissing, no waves taking it out either. That's the other thing. People could say, oh, everybody pisses in the ocean. People do things in the ocean. Fine. But you get a giant wave that just knocks everything out. Okay, you're in a lake. You're stewing in that shit with a Dixie cup floating by your piss. Now I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, you know, you can't boogie board in a lake. 
yeah, you could, you know, there's something. Oh, we'll get you on a fucking tube and <laughs> we'll, we'll put you on a tube and fly you around. That was actually pretty fun. I talked shit and said my buddy couldn't get me off within five minutes. And I think within under two minutes, I went flying. I mean, it, it was like I, I felt like I was in a fuck. I felt like I was in a motorcycle accident. It, I mean, I, my ribs, I mean, I got fucking flung out of that kind of fun, but you know, the ocean gives you a ride just by what it does by nature. Think about that. The ocean will, a wave will come and you can rot. Like you can, the ocean is like, I got you. I'm going to do this for you. Just grab onto something and we're going for a ride. How crazy is that? So, you know, I'm a, I'm a beach guy first for sure. Um, what else do what else can you do in the summer besides and 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 you know we've talked about this before camping is just i mean i don't know if you're going if you camp during the summer you're a brave i i went camping when it was 93 degrees laying on the ground and my daughter was like dad we're not doing this again and when i mean again she goes we're not staying two nights she goes we're going to get up tomorrow we're going to try fishing whatever and we're leaving like my and she was 9 at the time she goes it's just not happening it's just not happening. I love, you know, the older I get, I'm going to talk about this. I got to talk about this more. I'm going to talk about this more on my, um, on my new hour and my stand up, And I mean this. Um, and don't take this the wrong way, but because I always appreciated it and I always appreciated what they did. But having a daughter, having a strong wife, having a strong mother, supportive. Women are on a different... Dude, there is something really, really amazing about women, man. And and I don't mean that in a fucking, you know, women's bodies and they're just... Uh, you know, I'm not talking about the, the physical, sexual aspect of women. Although, yes, you know, you meet a woman that's beautiful, you're sexually attracted, and that's a great thing. And, you know, and you get a connection... And you get married and you have kids and your family. That's all great. I'm not talking about that here. I'm talking about women are just really, really, really positive, like great leaders. You know, um, when I see how my daughter behaves and when the way she says things and the way she's nurturing, the way my wife will look at the money or just know, you know, women just know, like I was going to the airport. And my buddy's girl goes, oh, well, Paul's going to have a hard time. How's he going to get the thing? Like, they, they, oh, he's going to have to be on a shuttle, you know. And my buddy's like, no, I think he could. And she's like, no, if he's got to go get it, like he, there's a shuttle. that." And she just like knew. And like, they're just aware. They're prepared. Um, I know some dudes are like, come on, Paul, man. Fuck. No, I got to be honest. I really, I really think women are dope. And I really like respect how unbelievably prepared smart and and just like connected with what everything that's going on is it's it's really kind of cool man and um i like women doctors and women dentists they're just i don't know there's just something about like for example you saw johnny depp's lawyer that vasquez velasquez whatever whatever i'm i'm i'm, mis I'm how fucking rude is that I'm like, women are just so cool. I respect women so much. So what's that fucking chick's name? You know, that Vasquez chick. No, but uh, the, his lawyer, like, did you see how she was just like, you know, giving him his drink and being like, I got this. No, this is, I'm, I, you know, defending him like that and making sure everything, you know, the, the man lawyer was great, but she was just like extra, man, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. Dude, I know one day, knock on wood, um, my daughter, I'll be an old man. My daughter will take care of me. And, and I, and I have the utmost confidence in that, you know, and, and being around strong women and growing up around strong women, um, you know, it's like a, a, a woman president, um, would be dope. You know, I, I really think a, a woman president, the right woman president, not the woman president that, that everybody wants because everybody wants that. I'm talking about the right woman president. Women have this thing where, you know, you ever watch your wife, think about this for a second. You ever watch your wife pack your kids up and get your kids ready? 
you know, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. We went to a, we went to a drive-in. We went to a drive-in movie. We saw me and my wife, kids, we went to drive-in. We saw this, this, the, the Minions movie, whatever. And just my wife getting that prepared and ready just made me go like, fuck, man, women are the shit. She was ready with blankets. She was ready with snacks. She was ready with the habits of my kids knowing when they're going to need this and when. And I know you're saying, Paul, that's just a mother. But guys don't do that. Guys are like, you fucking cold. I'll put the heat on. Like, we'll go in the car. You know, what are you, you know, like my wife was like, no, we'll eat first. Then we'll go like just watching her prepare for that was just like, oh, man, this is the shit. This is the shit. I'm not doing that. I'll be like, yeah, everybody's going to get sodas and Twizzlers. And if it gets blankets, who? it's the summer. Like, I don't, <laughs> it would have just been a half-ass mess. So there you go, ladies. Episode 547. I got to be honest. There is nothing more amazing than a strong, um, strong woman, man. It's just, I really see my daughter and my wife and the way they behave and you know, even like talking to audience members who come to shows and you just talk to these people, you're just like, man, this is like women are really fucking cool, man. Women are really cool. And uh, not that I never thought that before, but I think I think when you are you have a little girl and you're watching her grow up and and then you kind of see the things that the women in your life did as you really get older and you appreciate that. Um, I think you understand why, um, yeah, why women are just like the best just to, you know, to talk to, you know, all that stuff, like watching a movie with my wife and she's just so like, she gets shit, you know, and, and listen, there could of course be dumb men and women, but you know, there's something about a strong woman that's really dope. So there you go. I wanted to, I wanted to say that and. I want to do a bit about how just they're, they're just really, I don't know. They're just, women are more prepared. They're, I bet you if we did have a woman president during war, that chick would fucking, you know, whoever that is would just be ready, you know, like all bases covered. Not that a man doesn't because we've obviously had that, but I, I don't know, man. I think a woman would be, I kind of want to see it. I kind of want a woman president when we get into a little conflict. Because I got to be honest, like, women hold a grudge. You know how the woman in your life remembers all the bad shit you did? Imagine her in war. Imagine her in fucking war. You know? <laughs> I've seen my mother get mad, and I've seen women be spiteful in war. A country that's trying to hurt some... Nah, man, I think it would be... I'm serious. I'm serious. I know a lot of guys are listening to this podcast going, Paul, what the fuck are you doing right now? How are you talking about women like this as a, as a good... I'm telling you. Imagine I didn't believe any of this and I just wanted more female fans. I was like, As a matter of fact, I actually had a lot of women watch my special and that was really cool. So, um, So there you go. There you go. I would vote for a woman president only if she was um, not like this. You know, you can't have that. I'm sorry, ladies. The same way you don't want a guy like, just fucking blow it up. Just fucking, what country is it? Send a, Turn the place into a fucking sandbox. Like, you don't want that guy at all. Although it would be funny. <laughs> it would be funny, like, in the end of times, just having a guy like, fuck, who did it? Fucking send it. Send it. But you can't have a woman like, oh, my God, like, that is fucking so rude. That's terrible. Like, nobody would vote for that person, thank God. Like, could you imagine, like, during, like, primaries or, like, during, like, a big speech? She just came out and they were like, oh, the senator from, you know... <laughs> The senator from South Dakota. Oh, no, it wouldn't be South Dakota because she'd have like a Fargo accent. Like the senator from, you know, California or like, you know, one of those Washington. She's like, oh, my God. Like, why would any that is so rude? You'd be like, fuck this chick. 
I want a chick. Just come out, little fucking, you know, pantsuit, but not like Hillary. You know, like the hair comes, you know, like, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Hillary looked a little rough at the end. You know, the, she looked a little, she looked a little weathered. Let's be honest. She went, she went through the ringer. Um, but just a woman coming out and being like, uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, we assessed the situation. Uh, we're speaking to everybody. The countries are bordering countries and um, we're going to definitely take action. And, and you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. And you're just like, oh, somebody's getting fucked up. <laughs> somebody's. Uh, you know, that look your wife gives you when you're out and she just gives a look and you just know the rest of your night's done. You just try to get in a good graces the rest of that party so the car ride home is not that bad. You'll walk over, hand her a beer, rub her back, and she just like kind of pushes away. You're like, fuck, I'm trying to get back into this. That's what I think of a, a woman president. It would be so great to just, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> oh, all right. I'm rambling. I'm tired. It's been a long time. It's been episode 500 and um, five. <laughs> I just picture a female comic. I mean, a female comic, a female uh, president going like, oh, my God, we're totally going to bomb them. Like, fuck you. Like just a drunk chick in the bar. That'd be a funny female president. Right. Fuck. No, fucking what? Now we're going to talk to the Pentagon. It's like I'm fucking I'm going. I mean, they're fucked. OK. Like, that's the chick that would, like, key your car and, like, burn you, set your car on fire. Uh, <laughs> she's president. Oh, my God. All right. Guys, I'm rambling. I don't know where that came from. It's just me saying that I think women are dope and underrated, and I turned it into that. I don't know what to tell you. I'm, uh, I'm exhausted. Come to my shows, guys. I'm working a whole new hour right now. No material from the special. Um... You know, obviously I have to work it. So I don't want anybody showing up being like somebody actually goes, somebody goes, man, I loved your hour. That was so good and funny. It's not quite what the special it's. Like, I know I just fucking can you give me a second, but I'm having a lot of fun and uh, I love how the things are going. I love how the jokes are going. I love how, you know, the crowds that are coming out. So again, go to um, paulverzi.com. And get tickets to Pottstown, PA for Soul Joe's Comedy Dome, September 17th. Then, October 7th, your boy is going to London. I will be at 21 Soho in London, England, October 7th. One show only, unless we sell it out. We're going to try to add another one, but I don't know. We haven't discussed that. That's just in my mind. But I've never been out there, so let's just fucking fill this one up and have a good time. October 19th, the Washington, D.C. Improv. October 20th, the Philadelphia Punchline. And much more dates are coming on soon, guys. Once the uh, summer is over, we're going to be adding a bunch of tour dates. So I hope you guys could get that. Uh, please tune in to the Anything Better podcast with myself, Bill Burr. Uh, and... Obviously, thank you for listening to the Verzi Effect. Please like, subscribe, get the Verzi Effect, rate, review. All the reviews you write makes the show go higher. You can get all of these podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay? Um, and obviously, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's doing great. We are uh, we're, we're getting close to double-digit thousands here. We launched it in the pandemic. And uh, just had the special come out and it's doing great. So keep telling your friends all of that stuff. Um, and that's it, man. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to call this. No carry-ons. Maybe we could call it no carry-ons. Okay. Piss in the ocean is fine. I don't know. Piss in the ocean. Who knows? Enjoy. I don't know what's coming about next week. I don't know. I don't know if... Um, what's going to happen with equipment and what's going on. So I I'll have my phone. I may have to do like something on my phone and then send it over to, uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do like a 15 minute, 15, 20 minute, like vacation update, something like that. Send it to the, send it to the Beverly Hills kid. And then the Beverly Hills kid 
puts it on as a as a quick vacation episode and uh and you guys could do it there it won't be that great quality but it'll be like authentic from vacation we could do something like that because i don't want to bring all this equipment on there i don't want my kids seeing me with all this shit i just you know what i'll go make my i'll go disappear for a little bit do something and give it to you guys because that's what you guys deserve the best fans that there are are the Verzi Effect fans and the Anything Better fans. Get this merch, this merch, more merch is coming uh, for the Verzi Effect. Like I said in the fall, so uh, I'll have a pre-order probably in um, late September, early October. Maybe get to you know we like to do it around the hoodies. You guys know me. I'm a fall guy. I like the jackets. I like the hoodies. I'm not big into it. Has been 96 degrees and an absolute sauna outside. It's been nuts. I love it when you're at the water or there's a pool and you could do that and go inside. Other than that, I don't love it at all. Um, so there you go. That's everything. And um, yeah, give the woman that's in your life a, a hug after listening to this and say, you know something? You are the shit. You are the shit. And that's why, let me just say this. That's why I don't like Valentine's Day. Because Valentine's Day is one of these Dumb fucking like, you know, you know, it's for my love or like even Mother's Day. It's like, oh, today's the day I get Mother's Day just because you, there's grandmothers involved and everybody. So that one I'll give a pass to because I love Father's Day where it's just like the day where it's like, do what you want. I love you. I appreciate you. That's fine. But the whole like Valentine's Day, like here's flowers and here this. It's like, no, I don't do that. You know, when I give my wife flowers on a fucking Tuesday you know, in, in whatever may just here, here's flowers. Love you. Thank you. Oh, here's this. Oh, guess what? You're the shit. I love you. You're a strong, amazing woman raising my kids. You're an amazing wife. Let's go to dinner tonight. That's what you do. You do it spontaneously. You do it. You don't, you, you don't plan shit and you go, oh, you know what? This is the day I'm going to say I love her. Cause this is the day everybody says that they love it. All this. Fuck you. Watch the offer. Enjoy the offer. Tell me I'm wrong. You won't tell me I'm wrong because I'm not wrong. I'm right. It's one of the best shows. And yes, I am literally one of those people I made fun of in my special. Might be one of the best shows I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and uh, you guys are the best. I will see you guys uh, next week. And uh, I got some clips coming out. I got some stand-up clips coming. I got some podcast clips coming out. So tune into the YouTube channel until next week. I love you guys. Go Yankees. I know we had a little five-game dip, but we won last night. It's fine. I love the fact that we don't have 80-something wins and everybody's looking at us. It's okay. And Met fans, can you calm the fuck? Here's the thing with the Mets. I literally heard this on the radio. This is my problem with Met fans. And I will talk about this on my other podcast, but this just hit me in my, this just hit my mind. Um, is it nice out? Yeah, it's still sunny out. Okay. Um, I just listened to the radio and I heard the guy go, well, you know, the Mets won today again. Well, because they're the Mets. It's like, what? What? The Mets won today because they're the Mets? You fuck. This is my problem. I had friends that were Met fans in 1997 when the Yankees and were going on their run, and Met fans are going go position by position. We got Ray Ordonez. He's having a year like Jeter. Now, granted, Jeter was only his second year. Are you out of your fucking mind, Met fans? That's like me doing what I do with the Knicks. But I would never say on any podcast would I ever fucking say in no world would I say. Um, no world would I say, um, well, they won last night. Well, cause they're the Knicks. It's like, I don't care if the Knicks are having a great year. Two years ago, the Knicks were no last year, not this year, last year, the Knicks were the fourth seed in the East and went to the playoffs. I didn't go, well, they're the fourth seed and they keep winning cause they're the Knicks. No, earn it. The Mets haven't won dick since 1986. And now Mets fans are talking all this shit. Now Mets fans are going, oh, we won because we're the Mets. It's like, won because you're the Mets. You went to the World Series in 2015. You lost to the fucking Royals. The Kansas City Royals won a World Series over you. Okay? And then the last time you went before that was 2000, and you lost the Subway Series to the Yankees. Calm the fuck down, Mets fans. Listen, my grandfather was a Yankee fan. He rooted for the Mets. 
when the Mets were, were when the Yankees couldn't be seen on TV or whatever, he would clap. He'd root for the Mets, root for New York. I have dear friends that I love dearly. People that I love in my heart and I would do anything for them, love the Mets. I'd like to see those people happy. But can you? But your hatred for the Yankees and all the shit you talk, calm down with, well, the Mets just keep winning. I actually heard this guy go, well, you know, I'm not worried about the Mets. I'm a little worried about the Yankees. Really? You worried about the Yankees? You worried about the Yankees with their 70-plus wins and uh, what? Uh, ten and a half games in first place in the in the AL, and clearly gonna win the East unless they fucking all have a stroke in the next fucking two weeks. Really, that's the team you're you're worried about. But the Mets, the Mets, the Mets. Okay, the Knicks of baseball, the Mets. Now you don't have to worry about them. Come on, stop it, stop it. You want to be fucked. You want to say, oh, dude, we got a shot. We got a shot for another Subway Series. I'll give you that. I don't know. The Mets are playing really good. We're good. I'll give you that all day long. I'll give you that. You want to say, oh, dude, there's something about this year. I think this could be the year. Great. But don't say, well, they won because they're the Mets. That's the craziest shit in the world to say. That's like, I, that, that, I, that's literally, I don't even, that's like going like, well, of course they're going to win a championship. They're the Knicks. There, I said my piece. Whew. Didn't want to end like that. But it's like, what? What? The fuck? Yeah, what about we keep winning? What about Mets? It's, it's, fucking what? Um, all right. That's it. I love you guys. Come to a show. I'll see you guys soon.